Welcome to another Aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. So good to see all of you again. I'm happy that we can have church again. I know you've been having it anyway, but it's just awesome to actually have people in it. It's actually quite about that, right? <laughs> so, it's, so it's just awesome to fellowship together and to see you guys. And some of you I saw in the village, so that was awesome. And uh, yeah, I just thank you for loving us the way you do undeservedly. And uh, we really do feel extremely blessed with this relationship. So from the bottom of our hearts and um, yeah, it, it's such a divine thing that the Lord put together. He set us up. He really did. He ambushed us. He really did. And uh, I'm so glad that he did. I'm uh, really grateful for that. So, um, so I, let me maybe start with talking about that angel a little bit, because obviously he's in the mix. <laughs> um, let's just close our eyes for a minute. So Lord, we just turn our gaze to you. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, we, we want to encounter you this weekend. We want to bump into you. We want to discover our Father. We want to flow with you, Holy Spirit. And thank you that we can just play, play together in the river today. Just have some fun in the river and see where you take us, Lord. And we know it will be good. It will be glorious. And it's awesome. We love you. We love it. We can do this. We can be together. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. So that angel I saw, it's like, like they mentioned, it's an angel of glory. And um, so I just want to kind of mention this quickly just to give you a bit of an idea uh, what it's about. So, so he's got gold on his wings and... Um, the cherubim, uh, if you read scripture, they had gold on them, right? They looked like fire, but they had gold on them. So this, this is not because I saw it, it's because I did in the Bible, but it's, it's in the Bible, all of the verses. And what they did um, in the Old Covenant, they, they are the ones that stood over the Ark of the Covenant, right? So they, they stood over the mercy seat uh, that had, you know, Aaron's rod in it and the what the stuff had blossomed, or yeah, the stick, and um, and the Ten Commandments in them. All right, so they would would stand over that in the Holy of Holies, and the, the wings touching each other, uh, and and then God said to Moses in Exodus twenty five, He said, "I will speak to you from from the glory that will be above the cherubim." Right, so God would His presence would come and rest over the cherubim on the mercy seat. And from that place, he would, he would speak to Moses, right? So jump to the New Testament in Revelation 4. You see the same image. You see the four living creatures. It's the same ones that Ezekiel saw. It's the same ones that's, uh, that, that Moses had on the tabernacle. So you jump to Revelation 4 and you see the same things. These ones they describe with six wings. Don't really understand why, but anyway, it doesn't, I'm not going to get into that right now. It's not the point of the topic. 
Um, so they would cover their bodies with two wings, and the other wings they would stand over the throne, right? And they're covering the glory once again. So they are, they are standing like, and I want you to kind of see that picture with their four faces, right? The lion, the eagle, the ox, and the man. So their faces are changing as they're beholding the father. And his face is changing. And they are seeing that. And what do you read in Revelation 4? You, you see that they are worshiping day and night. That's what we're doing. We're going holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And, but they're covering the mercy seat, remember? So everything is rooted in mercy. The glory is rooted in mercy. The fire is rooted in the mercy of God. It's all about His mercy that's been poured out to us. Nothing we do can deserve that. It's, it's all about the mercy and the grace of God. It's sovereign. It's not something we can work up or create or whatever. All we can do is just partner and hunger and say, yes, we want that and hold on to mercy, right? Because the mercy seat is where we are placed because of the blood covenant of Jesus, right? We are actually on that mercy seat, sitting in that place, and we are in Him, in heavenly places. So as these living creatures are standing around Him, what do they do? They worship and they go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, right? And every time that they do that, I want you to see the picture. So they're looking at Him, and every time they worship, this is what happens. Holy, so they open up, and what happens? The revelation of God comes. And every time it happens, what does the 24 elders do? They fall on their faces, cast down their crowns, and they worship. Right? And all of it is connected to these creatures, and it's all about God, but, but it's this weird thing as revelation comes to them, and it's almost like they can't hold it, Right? It's like they're watching and watching and suddenly it just, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. Because what is holy is different, right? So they're seeing this different side of Him. And every time they do it, the 24 elders, which must be a, a pretty special bunch of beings, I don't know what they did to sit there, but obviously they are, I'm guessing, the cream of the crop, right? Agreed? <laughs> yeah, they, they, obviously they did something right somewhere that they would be those guys. I don't know what they are, right? Well, <laughs> but they are sitting there in the glory, basically, the 24 elders. I'm going to try and connect this to something that makes sense in a minute. <laughs> so they are sitting there, the 24 elders. When this happens and the glory is revealed, they fall on their faces and whatever God has given them in honor in terms of the crown, they throw it down before him and say, we don't deserve it. Okay. So... The glory is so overwhelming that, that whatever God has given to them, they actually cast down before the Lord again and say, Lord, I know you gave this to us, but we're seeing you and we're, we realize that we're not worthy. <laughs> that's basically what it comes down to. Okay? So that's the story around that. The glory is so many, it, it's, it's a lot of things, but, but the simplest way to describe it is just when Jesus puts his foot in the room, Physically, and Jesus walked because He is the glory, 
He is the glory. When he walks in the room and the manifest presence of God starts unfolding in a place. And now anything is possible in that realm. Right? Anything is possible. In John chapter 2, after Jesus turned water into wine, um, John writes this beautiful thing and he says that this was the first one of his miracles, signs, attesting things that he did, right? I was turning the water into wine and then it said it was to reveal his glory, right? And then it goes on, so that his disciples would believe. So that realm of miracles, signs and wonders, that glory realm, it does something in the disciples' heart where faith arises in you, where you look at impossible next time and you go, but I've seen him do it how many times? This is not this, we can, we can do this, right? It reveals the glory of our God. And um, so I'm sitting in May month. When did everything break? I think it was May. <laughs> so we're in May month, I'm in the, in the village um, and I've personally, I'm not going to go into all the detail, but I personally felt like for some reason, and I'm sure all of you have never felt that before. <laughs> never, ever. <laughs> but I felt like God's a little bit quiet. You know? Has you ever felt that? It's like, <laughs> like I know scripturally he's here. I get it. I, we all get that, right? So let's just put that to the side. Go into religion right now. I know he's here. But sometimes he feels a little bit more here than others. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> a little bit more present than at other times. And so I was kind of going through a dry run a little bit where I feel like something would be nice, just a little something, you know, like a little word, a whisper, just a hello, you know, something, something would be awesome. I know we're friends and all, but, you know, I would like to talk to you right now. And you talk back. I'm talking to you, but I need some response. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. And it, <laughs> I, t- I told guys I felt like blind Bartimaeus, right? Like blind as a bat, but I know he's somewhere. So I'm just going, mercy, Lord, just have mercy. Because I know he's somewhere, right? He's out there somewhere. I just don't seem to be able to see him right now. Have you felt like that before? This is what the season did to us, didn't it? Yeah. The season did that to us. And... Um, and I'm, I'm just going, well, I know you're there. And what Bartimaeus did really, literally became the cry of my heart. I'm not, not joking, actually. I just went, Lord, have mercy on me. Just son of David. I don't know. I know you're there, but man, have mercy. Like, have mercy, right? And um, thank you. I hope you didn't drive for that now, because like <laughs> tap water would have been fine. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> now I feel like one of those guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm so sorry. Um, and I'm sitting in this, and I, I even told Maurice, I'm like, I don't know, he's not speaking to me. I don't know what's wrong. This is not good, you know. And um, the next minute, I just feel him say, I need you to cast down your crown. That was it. And I'm going, okay. <laughs> that, that's okay. Um, obviously, I have some pictures flashing through my mind right now. And the one I'm thinking of is the 24 elders, Right. So immediately I go, well, okay, I should have known it's going to be bumpy when you said that, right? <laughs> and, and it's like something inside of me just went, okay, like I, I, I'm realizing a death is coming in me. 
that something is about to be put on the altar in me, something needs to die in me, something needs to come to its end because he's wanting to release glory. Um, but I also realized unless I, unless I see him like those 24 elders did, I'm going to want to hold on to my crown. Okay. The crown represents to me whatever you want to call it, but it's the reward or the, the grace that he's given me in a certain season, which was great, but he's going, I've got something new because he, he never trims us, he never prunes us without upgrading us. Yeah, right. Okay. Right. Pruning is always for more fruit. You don't prune because you want to kill, you prune because you want to release greater life. I mean, you're the farmers, what do I know? But you know, yeah. like we kill stuff when we grow it, so don't listen to me. Biblically, that's what I heard, okay? <laughs> right? So I realize that when he says, cast, cast down this crown of yours, he's actually saying the mantle, whatever it is that you thought you had, it's time that you lay it at my feet because you know, I want to I do something new. And the only way we're going to do that is, is by beholding him. That's the only way. Because you're not going to want to let go if you're not seeing his brilliance. Okay. Why are you going to exchange something that's good and just give it up unless you see how awesome he is? Otherwise, you're not going to want to do it, right? Those 24 elders were rewarded by God himself with that position, but only in the revelation of something that those creatures see that they can't hold themselves in anymore and they go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Only in that will these elders go, well, let's hit the deck, boys, and let's give up whatever we got because if, if this is what we got, it's awesome, but I'm seeing something in him and it must be greater than what I have now. So where I'm going is always greater than what I'm, where I'm at right now because we, you know, we love saying it, but it's an advancing kingdom. Isaiah 9, Charmaine read it. It's, an, it's, an, it's a forward-moving kingdom. We all know it. Yet sometimes we're so afraid to let go of the old thing to step into this new season that the Lord has for us, right? So this is happening. And then since 2019, like I had this strange thing happen to me the whole time. It started basically October or September of 2019 before COVID. But this feels before COVID, right? Look at this. I haven't seen a mask. Like... <laughs> Take it off the video. Um, yeah, 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 sorry. <laughs> and um, so strange things started happening. I, I keep seeing, I don't know if that happens to you, but sometimes I'll see on my phone, I'll keep seeing the same numbers over and over. Who's had that? Yeah. Who's had it for two years? Like I had it for two years that I literally think this is the most ridiculous thing in the world. I can't handle it anymore. Like she actually thought at some point I'm joking, then I'll go, you'll see now, you're going to see it now. And as we're talking, like this is funny, our microwave time, that one's time is correct, but our oven is out completely. So the microwave is like seven o'clock at night and I'm telling her, I'm saying, listen, I keep seeing this number, 1111, 11, the whole time, like it's driving me nuts. 
and us now. It's driving everybody nuts now. And she's like, ah, oh, man, you're just imagining. And I'm sitting talking to her and I say, look at the oven. <laughs> 11, 11. And then she goes, okay. <laughs> right? so for two years, <laughs> for two years, this has been going on. Right? And I'm going, okay, I'm going to really try and connect all of this stuff because otherwise it's going to be just noise. But for two years, this 11, 11 thing goes on. You had it as well? Yeah, it's horrible. I know, because, yeah, yeah. Who had 11-11 for a while? Okay. <laughs> All right. Have you figured it out yet? Okay. Maybe I can help you. Not even. No? Uh, yeah. Ach, let me talk about something else. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I keep, I keep seeing it, it's, it's driving me nuts, but actually only in the last six months do I really start giving attention to it. And I really go like, Lord, what in the world are you trying to tell me? Now, there's scriptures going through my mind the whole time, and, and, and then suddenly this thing starts coming together for me, because 11.11, it speaks of alignment, right? So it's a, it's a fresh alignment that's coming, but 11 also speaks of chaos and destruction. Okay? And if you think about the chaos that's been going on all over in the last two years, it was chaos and destruction in a negative sense, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling. But, but what if he was using that to get us to a place where we actually cast our crowns before the Lord so that he can upgrade us? in this season, that He can advance us, that He can move us forward, that He can break us loose out of things that we would never have been able to break loose from. What if it was about positioning a company of people that they'll actually seek the glory again? His glory and nothing else. Blind Bartimaeus, I'm telling you, that guy was smart. Right? He couldn't see a thing, but he heard a voice. He heard of this guy and he knew that guy can change everything. He can change everything. Like he heard him walk by and he just went, I need that guy. That's the one. Blind as a bat. Right? He can't see a thing. He's, he's, he's blindsided by everything like a lot of us were blindsided by so many things, but you hear him come by and you know, that's the key, that's it, mercy. Have mercy on me, have mercy on me so that I can be in the glory between those wings, just sitting in the glory of the Lord and just see something I've never seen of him before that makes it worth the while to cast that crown down, knowing that there is something better coming. That's what it's about, right? 11.11, 11.11, it speaks of transition. Let me read the verse if I can just find it. Deuteronomy 11.11, but the Lord, uh, but the land into which you are about to cross to possess. Isn't that profound? The land into which you are about to possess, the land which you are going to cross over. We are crossing over, right? Do you agree? We are crossing over into something And we're taking possession of something that we've never done as the body of Christ before. There's something waiting, and I don't think we have it figured out yet. I don't. But there's something on the other side waiting that we haven't seen before that's going to be real, 
more real than what we've ever seen before. It's going to be authentic. And it says, a land of hills and valleys. So there will be high places and low places. <laughs> yeah. Don't you like the fact that Jesus warned us? John 16, 31, 33. In this world, you will have difficulty, trials, tribulations, temptations. It will come. But in me, you can have perfect peace. I love the fact that he said that because when we get tribulation and challenge, we can go, okay, this is actually quite normal. If he didn't say that and we're going through trials, troubles, and tribulations, then we're in trouble because then why is this happening? High places and valleys, they'll be there, right? But it's a good land. It goes on. This land that drinks water, oof, this land that drinks water from the rain of heaven. For them, it was a physical land. For us, it's a spiritual land. And the land that's drinking the rains, that's drinking the water from the rains of heaven. Like that's a spirit rain. That's a outpouring of the spirit. And it's a land that's saying, we're, we're going to take this in. We're going to drink this. And me and you need to be that dry and weary land right now that, that pulls literally, you're so dry that we pull the rain out of heaven. That we pull it down, right? It's, it's a spiritual thing that God is unlocking. A land for which the Lord your God cares. Something about that just makes me happy. <laughs> he actually cares about it. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. That's verse 12. So it's a, this 11-11 thing is about transitioning out of chaos into a promise. It's entering into something new, right? So that's, that's part of the thing that he's doing. It's part of his casting off of the crown so that we can step into what he has for us in the season. It's different than what we had before, but I believe it's powerful. I believe it's, it's going to be worth it. It's going to change us. It's going to look different. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to see his glory, right? We're going to see his glory. We're going to behold it. We're going to behold it. We're going to behold him. We will behold him, right? And that changes things. The other 11-11 is Lazarus, of course, right? And I want to linger here a little bit, but, but John 11-11, he said this, and after that said, our fl- friend Lazarus, Lazarus means the one whom God helps, right? That's us, by the way. We're friends. He helps us. Right? He helps us. Amen. <laughs> a lot. But sometimes he lets us fall asleep. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, which is not true. He's dead. That's Jesus being weird. <laughs> That's Jesus seeing something we're not seeing. Right? But I am going there to awake, to awaken him. Isn't that what we're feeling? We're in a season of awakening. He's awakening the body of Christ. He's awakening us. Something is being awakened 
so that new life can flow in this season, right? He said earlier, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but it is unto glory. Verse four and six. This sickness is not unto death, but it is unto glory. The season that we've been through is not unto death, but it is unto glory. Right? This death that we are going through on our inside, it's dying to self, it's dying to the old mantle, the old crown, whatever you want to call it. It's not unto death, but it's unto glory. It's unto glory. You need to hear that. It's unto glory. It's about those guys seeing the glory and going, whatever. We'll cast anything down. It's worth it, right? It's all about entering into the glory of the Lord, stepping into that place where we look different than we looked before because we beheld Him. It's not unto death, it's unto glory, right? And we go in that place and it's hard and it sucks. I don't like it. I've been there, but He's been preparing me. I've just been a little bit doff to pick it up. But here we are, right? Since 2019, He's been going through this thing that it's coming, it's coming it's coming, this death is coming, this 11-11 thing is going to happen and we're just not seeing it and now it's here and we go, whoa, okay, you meant what he was saying, right? And something died, do you agree? Something died in the last season of the church. Something went into the ground, it died. But unless a kernel of grain falls to the ground and dies, it will not produce anything, it will remain single. But if it dies, it will produce much fruit much fruit. So there's fruitfulness destined to come out of this thing because it's the nature of our Lord. It's the nature of who He is. It's got nothing to do with us. It's got everything to do with who He is, right? Lazarus is not dead. He's only sleeping. The church is not dead. She's sleeping, right? She's a sleeping giant that's waiting to be awakened by the Lord, right? There's this crossing over into a promised land and I spoke about it last night, there will be giants, there will be battles, there will be fights, but Numbers 14 says it, uh, verse something, 7, 8, 8, 13, verse 8. It says that Joshua is speaking and he says, surely we can take this land, surely we can take down the giants. And then he says this interesting phrase, he says, because their protection has been removed from them. Demonic protection has been removed from the enemy's camps. Things are being exposed in every arena of life, whether that be government, politics, nations. Things are being exposed by the speed of light and God is going, I've just begun. Their protection is being lifted because once it's exposed into the light, we actually know what we're dealing with, right? It's the season of fruitfulness that we're entering into. I'm preaching everything I wanted to preach in one morning now, so I'm sorry. I don't know what we're doing tonight. <laughs> so that's where we're at, right? And then John, John uh, Lazarus' story, it goes on, like we all know, and he lives in the end, which is good news. <laughs> Just get to the verse, Right? But John 11, I don't know what I'm looking for actually. Verse 38, let's read there. It says, so Jesus again deeply moved within 
approached the tomb. It was a cave and a boulder was lying against it. Jesus said, take, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, we all know this, by this time there will be an offensive odor. For he, he has been dead for four days. Right, so the King James, he stinketh, right? <laughs> yeah, right? So, <laughs> so, yeah. So here's the point. A lot of us are stinking a little bit as well. We're stinking in our unbelief. We, we caught the odor of death because we've been listening to the wrong voice. I, I sat at some point in the last two weeks and I, I sat with the Lord and I, realized, I felt so disappointed in myself and I'm, I'm still doing pretty okay. But I felt so disappointed because of some things that I realized I just, I lost, I lost some things. But I also realized that I'm dying to some things. So it's okay, there's a transition happening for everybody. But I thought, Man, what odor am I giving off? Is it the odor of life unto life or is it the odor of death unto death that Paul speaks about? You know, what, what have we surrounded ourselves with? Because we're, if we're in that cave <laughs> doing Zoom church and <laughs> isolated from the world, drinking from the polluted waters of media and news and you know, the leaven of the Pharisees, the leaven of Herod politics and religion, and we're being fed with this stuff in our little cave with the little stone in front of it, and, and we stink of. Right? And I'm not angry at anyone. I'm just saying we were set up. We were set up. I'm not angry with anyone. I'm just saying we were set up in church. We need to wake up. And I don't care about all the stuff people are fighting about. Man, just do what Jesus tells you to do, please. And just leave me out of it. I don't want to be involved, right? I'm going to do what he tells me to do. Would you do the same? Please, please, just do what he tells you to do. But we were being fed a lie for months and months and months, and it's not over. It's not over. But my prayer is that somehow our eyes would have opened and we go, oh, we're seeing this thing for what it is. We can't be in that cave anymore. We can't be in that place because on the other side of the cave, I mean, Martha is warning, he stinketh, and Jesus is going, I don't care. Remove the stone. It's time to get out. I'm going to awaken Lazarus, 11.11. I'm going to wake him up out of the chaos, out of the mess, out of the destruction. And Jesus goes, Lazarus, come forth, right? We all know it. And he comes out of the grave. And what does he do? He says, please remove the grave clothes off of him real quickly, right? Some of us, we're still stuck in that memorial clothes. We're still stuck in that place of disappointment. And whatever didn't work out the way we wanted it to work out. And listen, we have enough reason to be negative about stuff. It's easy to give you an extra one or two, I know. 
So we don't need encouragement with that. That part is really easy, right? We, we need people that's going to speak life. We're going to need people that don't smell like the grave anymore. Right? We need people that's going to produce the aroma of Christ. What's that? 2 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15, where Paul says, my heart was so broken about his disappointment about, I think, Timothy or something that wasn't there. And he said he walked through the streets and yet people came to the Lord because the aroma of Christ was all around him. Right? And to some it was the smell of life unto life and to others the smell of death unto death. Isn't it amazing the tension that the gospel will bring? The division, listen, the division that the gospel will bring. Don't underestimate, <laughs> don't underestimate the gospel's ability to bring division, to bring separation. And we don't want to talk about it because we don't like it. But Jesus himself said, listen, I've come to bring a sword. I've come to bring a sword and brother and sister will turn against each other and mother and daughter will turn against each other and father and son will turn against each other. And we go, whoa, that's not what we want to hear. I know. But what if it is what happens? The word divides. I'm sorry. It unites us. But it brings a division between us and what's going on in self. It's a different aroma that we are to carry. But the same aroma to us is life. And to the other guy, it's death. And we go, why are you so angry with me? I've got a beautiful aroma. It's not beautiful to him. He hates that smell. Liberalism hates the smell that you carry. It hates it. Tolerance hates the smell that you carry. Politics hates the smell that you carry. And although it's life to some, boy, it's death to others. But he is calling us out. It's time to come out now, church. It's time to wake up now, church. Be awakened in the Lord. And how does that awakening happen? I want to tell you what you guys are doing is it. It's to sit in the presence of God. That's all it is. And you come in with a hard heart, or you come in with struggles, but you just don't do anything. Just sit there and behold Jesus. Just love on Him. Just love Him. And you feel like, I can't because you're so distracted. It doesn't matter. Just sit in the presence. And suddenly, those angels open their wings and you go, whoa, I haven't seen that before. And suddenly life returns. Suddenly something stirs on the inside again. And I go, ah, I'm feeling alive again for the first time in about 18 months. Not just saying. We can't smell like the problem. We need to have a different odor. We are sons of life. Sons of life. Sons of life. Right? And some won't want it and that's okay. But man, we've got to fight for it, right? You see, the privilege that has been removed from us in this season 
is one of, it's so bizarre, but I've been thinking about it. And, and, but the privilege that has been removed from us in the season is, is basically the currency of our kingdom. It's faith. Right? The joy for the sons of God to take risk has been removed from us in the season. And the very currency of our kingdom is faith. And we're being told, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Watch out for this, don't go there. And listen, I'm not saying about foolishness and being cowboys and none of that stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. There must be wisdom in us. No fear, but there must be wisdom in the way we conduct ourselves in this season. But, if, but we must put faith into action once again because that's actually what makes us alive. When risk is removed from your walk in the Lord, something dies. You need to get that. When risk is removed from our walk with God, something dies because our whole kingdom is based on faith. And when we're not allowed to take faith steps in the Lord, something starts dying on the inside and we're not taking steps of faith when we're in that cave with a stone in front of the door. And please don't hear me wrong. I'm not talking about coming to church or not coming to church or 50 or 100. Please hear me. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about what did the decisions that we made, what we made, what did it produce in us spiritually? Forget government now. Forget all of that stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. But how alive is, is your faith in this hour? How vibrant are we in this hour? And maybe I'm preaching to the choir. I probably am because you're here. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> right? But that was removed from us. And when you remove that, we have a problem. The bigger problem is that a lot of us bought into that. That's actually the problem. Because right? here's the thing, the more you behold the glory, the more you see that one sitting on the throne that those majestic creatures are covering, the more you see him, the more faith rise up on your inside. The more you want to do, the more you want to step out, the more you want to move into the impossible. That's why I, I, I love soaking and all of that stuff. I absolutely love it. But you know what I don't like is when we pull the handbrake up there and we never move out of that place. I know that's not what you guys are doing at all. But there's movements that went into that thing and that's what we do. We soak, we soak. It's fantastic. But listen, if you soak long enough, something's going to happen. You're going to want to do something for the Lord. It's impossible to behold Him and not go, where's my mountain? <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. You want to go somewhere. You want to do something. You want to cross into that new land that's drinking the rains out of heaven. Right? I'm frustrated out of my mind because I can't travel. I'm, you know, she knows. Like, I'm seeing mountains that I want to climb and I can't get to them. It's driving me nuts. Right? <laughs> I'm watching them from the distance. God's giving me dreams about them. I can't reach them because I'm stuck. hate that. Now, I know he's building something on my inside and something had to die, but I'm just hoping that you still have vision. I'm hoping that we still see something. We're not so stuck in our little cave that we can't see daylight. 
right? Stinketh, right? We've got to move on. Hebrews 11.11. It says, By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive even when, when she was long past the normal age for it. Because she considered him who had given her the promise to be reliable and true to his word. So it's this thing of, of promises that we've been sitting on that's actually coming into fulfillment in this season, right? It's, it's a Sarah thing. And you know what struck me the other day? Abraham wasn't the problem. Okay, because Abraham at his old age was moving along quite swiftly when it came to baby making, right? He, Abraham had a... <laughs> He had an Ishmael and so on. So Abram was quite fertile. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm sorry, that picture is not proper. <laughs> but the old guy was doing great, right? Sarah obviously was the problem. Agreed? So the promise was on Abram's life and who fulfilled that promise? Jesus. Nations will be blessed out of the seed from Abram. Agreed? Jesus comes and he says, go and make disciples of all nations. All authority has been given unto me. Right? Let's backtrack. Sarah couldn't reproduce until the appointed time and the visitation of the Lord. Now, Sarah is a picture of the church, right? Okay. So there was an inability for the church to reproduce sons of promise. Until the visitation came. Because Jesus, the promise giver, is not the issue. Right? He's not the issue. The womb of Sarah was the issue. But when resurrection life touched her during the visitation... Because that's what it had to be. It was dead. In another place, it actually says that her womb was dead, basically. So resurrection life, John eleven eleven, touched her. This awakening happens, and suddenly she produces life. And what I'm trying to say is I, I believe that we're in a season where resurrection life wants to awaken the church so that we will produce sons and daughters of promise, right? Spiritual children, a spiritual legacy that will produce something that will shake the earth, that will bring something into fulfillment. I feel like we were in a season where we didn't, we didn't produce much. We wanted to, but we didn't. And we needed this grave moment where we actually realized that a bunch of the things that we did was really good, but it's not the crown that he wants to give us right now. 
There's a different crown that he wants to put on our heads right now that's actually going to produce something according to the promise of the Lord. And we can step into that thing in a whole different season in a whole different way. The other scripture was Revelation 11, 11 about the two witnesses, right? Remember the two witnesses that tormented the earth, right? With their testimony, with their power and all of that. I always have a Russian friend and Russians want to blow up everything. So he's just like, uh, hey, Genk, ne, Genk, <laughs> Genk. The two witness, the two witnesses, it's me and you. <laughs> Everybody's always fighting about who the two witnesses are. Anyway, so, but these two witnesses were, were actually, it says, the scripture says that they tormented the earth. <laughs> like they're voices of God, but they tormented the earth. That's kind of what we're doing at the moment, isn't it? Have you noticed that when Christians speak out, it's like torment to the world. It's like, whoa, they can't handle it. What are you saying? A man and a woman should be no. What really? No. Why? What? <laughs> man and a woman should be married. Yeah. Like biological. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense when a man changes his sex and then competes in the Olympic. Yeah, it doesn't. Right. But it sounds like torment to creation, doesn't it? So these guys were tormenting creation when they died. And then Revelation 11, 11. And the Father raised them back up to life and transported them into the throne room where they kept witnessing from heavenly places. It's ascension. It's death and ascension. It's death and resurrection. Right, something's going into the ground, but he's re- restoring something and he's bringing an ascension life about in all of us so that we can step into the season and be witnesses that torment even more, right? That has greater fruit that produces even when something was dead and suddenly there's life that starts producing, whether that be old prophetic words, old promises, things that the Lord has given us, but we but we haven't seen that coming to fulfillment. But this season, God is awakening a pure faith that's not hype, it's not something that's built up, but it's a, it's a seed of God inside of us, that kind of faith that moves mountains. That's what it's about. And it's not a woo-ha thing, it's a knowing. To me, faith is knowing. You just know something. You just... You don't, have to, you don't have to fight about it. You don't have to argue about it. You just know. It's just something in you just goes, man, I, I just feel this. I, I can't explain it. I don't have to. I really don't have to. It's just this is the way it is. And this is what's going to happen. That kind of faith is what God is trying to birth inside of us. It's a quiet thing that God is putting in us, but it's so powerful and so real and it's part of this awakening that the Lord is doing in this season, right? It's part of this chaos, realignment, death and resurrection that He's bringing about so that the body can actually become who she's supposed to be and possess the promises of God that's in front of us, right? And actually step over that river. But here's the thing again. The river separates, guys, The river, it separates a company of people. 
because some will stay behind and some will cross. But once you've crossed, you're actually in the land of promise. But some will say, it's too scary, I can't do this, I'm enjoying my cave, I'm enjoying my stench. Because they don't realize they're stinking. (laughs) It separates. And what I'm, I don't know why I'm saying it. But what I am saying is that I I really believe that it's a season where we're going to real, you have to realize that not everybody's going to go with it. And that doesn't mean they're against God. It doesn't mean, it it just means they're not there now. But you cannot stay on the wrong side. You need to cross over. You have to. We have to cross over. We have to cross over. Right? And often when one company crosses over, it becomes easier for another to do it later on. But there will be a company that says, I'll just see what happens to you. (laughs) Now we're just going to check it out first. And we're just going to enjoy our cave a little bit longer, but we'll get there, maybe, or not. There's something that needs to pioneer in this season where we step to that side and we say, Lord, resurrect everything inside of us. Resurrect us because we've behold the glory, we've seen it. And if we haven't seen it, let's linger longer. Okay? If you haven't seen that thing, that thrust that pulls you over the river in the season, then hang in the glory a little bit longer until you've seen it, right? Make that the priority. Hebrews 12, verse two. You've got to run the race that is set before you. Your race, your race, listen, your race, not the guy next to you, your race. Finish your race, right? And turn your eyes upon Jesus, what? The pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, And why? Because so easily we get entangled by sin and the arrows of the enemy, right? And it wears us down. The weightiness of the stuff wears us down and we're not seeing the race that is set before us because we're we're just tired. Too much bad news, too much stuff going on. And what's the key? Turn to Jesus. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Where is He? He's standing at the grave going, come forth. Come forth, come out. Come out, church. Come out, Lazarus. Come out. There's something on the other side here, right? And if you haven't seen it, if you don't feel it yet, linger. Just linger some more. Just sit in the presence because there's new crowns that's about to be released. New anointings, new mantles is going to fall on people in this season. Listen, it's like open season in the Spirit. That's what I feel like. It's like the Lord is going to go, whew, mantles are available. Anointings of past heroes are available in the Spirit in this season. And He's calling people out and saying, get rid of the grave clothes, get rid of the old anointing, the old mantle. There's something new beckoning on this side calling you. So many of the prophetic words I had over the last five or six years, it feels to me like it's coming together now. Things that I thought should have happened, but it's, it's happening now. It's like this, this company of people and things are starting to shape now. Things that I've been feeling for years, we've been talking and I, I didn't even understand what I'm feeling. I just know I have this, 
I'm confused and I'm frustrated because I can't put my finger on it, but I know something is coming. And the more I'm stepping into this, the more I feel I'm seeing it. I'm, I'm starting to get what he's been trying to say, but we've got to step up now and say, Lord, where's my crown? Like, where's my new mantle for this season? Because it's not the same as it was before. It's not the same. Those two witnesses did great. But then they ascended. (laughs) Imagine that. They tormented the earth. And then finally they start ministering out of heavenly places. (laughs) What in the world is going to happen now? Something is being unlocked over us and I can, can you feel, it's like something's coming into the room, isn't it? I'm talking, right? Something is being released. Mantles is, is, is ready to be released to those who says yes. God is not looking for perfect. He's looking for dead. Right? He's looking for people that came to the end of the string, the end of their road and went, I am so done. I am so done unless you wake, unless you walk in the room. Unless you do it, I'm finished. I'm finished. Right? Because those are the ones that get mantles. At one time I had this vision, it was years back, and the Lord took me into this field and I, I just saw this like desert place, and, and, and right in the middle of that field, there was one mantle. It was the most beautiful thing, pure white, and it has this gold engraved stuff on it. And it was there. It was just in this wilderness. There was nothing there. And I just kept going, Lord, what is it? Whose is it? What is this about? And the Lord looked at me, and he said, it's the mantle of Enoch. I said, Lord, he says, yes. I'm looking for those who will walk with me, Right? And what Enoch did is he walked with the Lord, right, for 365 years, and then he was no more. So, so Enoch didn't die physically, but he so transformed into the image of God that the earth couldn't hold him anymore. So he just went... He started looking so much like God that God said, you're out of here. In the old covenant, it was not his covenant to do that, and yet he did that. This is what I want to say. None of this is planned. So I believe that the mantle of Enoch, it's not just about walking with God, although it is, But the grace on his life was to transition into seasons that wasn't available yet to others. And he could step into it and break that loose for others to come into. I believe God is anointing Enoch company at this point in time that will walk with the Lord, right? They will walk with the Lord, but they will be able to walk in the grace of seasons that has not yet been poured out on the earth, but they'll pull it into today to open up something for a next generation to walk into. 
those who have tasted of the powers of the age to come, and who knows, there's always a new move beckoning, there's always something waiting in the future that this generation hasn't seen. But what if we become those who can pull the future into today and we can actually accelerate the process of God on the earth because that's what Mary did with Jesus at the wedding feast. They're out of wine. Woman? <laughs> if, he, if Jesus was closer, he would never have spoken like that. It would have been mama. <laughs> right? It's not yet my time. Why are you making this my problem? She ignores him flat out and she goes, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And she accelerates the season of God because she's adamant and she carried promises for 33 years and she had enough and she said, it's going to happen now. Boy. <laughs> Honor your father and your mother, Jesus. Right? So I want to pray, sure. I want to pray for that Enoch mantle that I saw those years ago. I've never seen it the way I've seen it this morning. The fact that he's skipping, he's pulling a season into a time frame that it's not even available. Right? I believe God wants to use the church to pull a grace into this day that is not available yet. Supposedly, but it's promised. It's destined. It's not my time yet. Do whatever he tells you. And this was the first of his miracles, displaying his glory so that his disciples will believe in him. So let's stand. Yeah, just come. Just come. Yeah, yeah, come, come, fetch it. Come and fetch it, that's the way. Just come, come and fetch it. I don't think I have it. Just come, just come and grab it. So Lord, I'll touch you guys in a minute. So Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this season. And it's now. It's a now thing that you're doing, Lord. It's a now thing that you're releasing. It's a mantle that's available on a company of people. What was on one man is on many now. Lord, and yes, it's intimacy because we want to see the glory. Sure. How much glory did that man see, Lord? <laughs> How much glory did he see that he skipped death Whew, out of the grave, out of the old Adam, into the new in a season where you weren't allowed to. And yet he defied the laws because of hunger and desperation, commitment, walking with God in a season where evil prevailed like no other season on the earth. So Lord, I pray, even as I saw that thing years ago, thank you so much for reminding me, even as I saw that years ago, I pray that that mantle would start moving into the room now. Jesus.
Jesus. Jesus. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Just accelerating seasons, shifting seasons, shifting seasons in the name of Jesus. Shifting seasons. Okay, maybe I have just one person moving with me. That'll be great. Just shifting seasons. Just release that mantle, Lord. In Jesus' name. Just release in the name of Jesus. It's a glory thing, God. It's a glory realm. It's a glory realm. Thank you, Lord. It's a glory realm. It's a glory realm, Lord. It's walking in the glory, Lord. Isaiah 60, who are those flying on the clouds like doves? Wow. It's an Enoch company, Lord. And we're not just heaven dwellers. Shift seasons. Shift seasons. What the enemy has meant for destruction, the season that the enemy has planned, we shifted and accelerated into what the Lord has. Thank you, Lord. Just shift. Release that mantle, Lord. There it just drops in your spirit. Now. Jesus. Jesus. Shift. Release that mantle. Jesus. Gonna feel like oil just flowing down your bodies, right? Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Shifting seasons, Lord. Shifting seasons, Lord. Shifting seasons. Jesus. Wow. Release that mantle, God. Release that mantle, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Clove us, Lord. Clove us, Lord. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this session. We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, 
Be blessed in Jesus' name.